Welcome to the semi-regular podcast by Seth and Ron. This podcast is for you, our teams. We want to share stuff that we're learning and growing through that we think will help you serve God and others better. I'm Ron Hudson, the lead pastor at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm Seth Frank, campus minister for Moorhead Christian Student Fellowship at Moorhead State University. Seth recently led a workshop for a number of church leaders about connecting with people who are church outsiders. So what's a church outsider, Seth? The way I define an outsider is anyone uh, who doesn't regularly attend a thing. Um, So I can be an outsider because I don't go and watch NFL football um, regularly. Um, I am am an NFL football outsider. (laughs) I know that you are. Um, Self-identified. I also, and so an outsider can also be someone that um, has grown up watching NFL football, but has rejected it recently. Um, So the same can be true for church. There are church outsiders, um, someone that hasn't grown up going to church regularly um, or someone who has grown up going to church regularly, but has recently uh, rejected it and stopped going. Okay, that makes sense. The reason why I think this is important to me is because I am a church outsider. I did not grow up going to church. uh, The main times I went to church when I was growing up were when I spent the night at a friend's house. And they were going to church the next day. Oh, wow. Uh, the, other, the only other times I spent any time in church growing up were vacation Bible schools. Every so often, my parents would decide or my grandparents would decide that I should probably go to one of those. Okay. And that was it. That was the sum total of most of my ex- uh, church experience growing up. So when I started going to church uh, when I was a teenager, I very much felt like an outsider. I didn't know anything about what was going on, and a lot of it just didn't make sense to me. And so because of that, um, and because of my life experiences, I've had a lot of time to kind of think through what it means to be an outsider in the church, what it means to become an insider, and what it takes for that process to occur. Uh, How can we welcome in outsiders um, and help them move from being outsiders to insiders? How do they can find their way back to God? Okay, and why is why is that so important? Like, why do we care about welcoming people who you know maybe don't feel like church is important or not their home? And of course, I'm playing a devil's advocate here so that I can get a sweet answer from you. But <laughs> the reason that's so important is because uh, I forget who said it. Someone somewhere once said that the church is the only organization on earth that is here for the benefit of people who are not its members. Oh, wow. We are here because um, we want to share the love um, and the wholeness and the restoration and the rescue that God offers to the rest of the world around us. We are here yeah. to make the world a better place and help it find its way back to God. I, I recently listened to um, uh, Andy Stanley's leadership podcast, which is phenomenal. And he's interviewing uh, one of the former CEOs of Home Depot. And he talked about even in Home Depot, how a business, a corporation starts with a, a problem to solve. And as it grows, the more successful you are at quote unquote solving your problem, the more tendency you have to become inwardly focused and forget about solving the problem. Because the larger you get, the easier it is to forget about 
why you were built in the first place. And I don't think churches are immune to that. I see it all the time. You know, we get started, the church is built because we want to reach people with this amazing message of the gospel. And then, you know, after 20 years or 15 years or five years, we start caring more about the insiders and how comfortable people who already go to the church are rather than our original mission, which is to reach our the city around us. Absolutely. And, and the, the problem about what happens there is we become a community of insiders that serves insiders, that is built for insiders, and that is led by only insiders. And so we put on these blinders as to what kinds of things we do that can actually distance us from outsiders. Okay, so what are, what are some of the things that insiders are thinking when they walk into our church or feeling? So when I first started um, getting involved with church, uh, one of the things that always made me feel so weird was I would come in and the first thing we would do is stand up and start singing. What's wrong with that? I love singing. I'm a worship leader, man. That, that's great that Come you're a worship on. leader. But in my experience, the only time where you have a live band going on is either in a bar or at a concert. And I get okay. kind of singing along at a concert because you know the music and you're excited to be there. But it's not like the concert has the words up on the wall. It's not like everyone is expected to <laughs> sing the same lyrics at the same time. Um, and at Christian concerts, they do. <laughs> Maybe so, but <laughs> outsiders aren't really going to those. Um, sure. And so there's just no experience quite like it um, if you don't grow up or you don't go to church often. It is the weirdest thing. So the very first thing I do when I come to church is I'm told to stand up and sing these songs about a God who I don't know if I believe in. Yeah. And the moment that happens, I immediately feel like an outsider. I feel like I don't belong. I, I feel like oh, okay. everyone else here knows exactly what's happening, and I don't. They are supposed to be here, and I'm not. Wow. So that assumption about like just everybody knows what we're supposed to do and accepts it is kind of jarring for for you and your experience. Absolutely. Uh, I saw. I watched uh, a show called The Good Wife. Um, and recently they had an episode where the two lawyer or the lawyer, uh, who is the main character, uh, was representing a client who decided to go to an arbitration service instead of going through the court system. And so they go to this arbitration service and it's in this church. It's a Christian arbitration service. Um, and so they show up there and uh, the guy who's leading it. Um, starts talking to them about the process that they want to use. And he says, okay. this is the Matthew process um, based on a passage in the book of Matthew. And so he says, Matthew 18. this is the Matthew po- process. Yes, lawyers, right? that's an actual thing. And so he immediately puts <laughs> them down. And then um, after explaining it a little bit, he says, let's get started. And so the lawyer who is there to advocate for their client goes to, to say something to start advocating. And the, the guy who leads it starts praying, doesn't warn anyone that he, he's going to pray, just says, let's get started and goes immediately into praying. <laughs> and oh, so okay. you can see it on her face. She's like, I have no idea what is happening here. What is going on? And so like, what just she happened? looks around a little bit astonished and then she sets back 
and and disengages from what's happening right in front of her. Oh wow! And it's that moment um, that you can immediately tell she doesn't belong there. And I think yeah, because of the way we organize uh, our services and the way that we focus on insiders, it is incredibly easy to make those moments where you sit back and you cross your arms and you're disengaged because you know, and it's like, this is not my place. I don't belong here. Yeah. This is not my place. So how many of those feelings and engagements of, I don't belong. Do you think someone has to feel before they're like, I'm never coming back. (laughs) I, I don't know what the number on those is, but, um, even one time it can be enough for some people because of other things that they've, they've experienced to say, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be coming back wow. here more again. Um, I'm not saying that happens in every case. I think there are different people that have different tolerances. Um, but if the, if, if the balance is on, I don't belong here, then I'm probably not going to come back. If I walk away and the, that's the, that's the majority of what I feel. Yeah, I'm not going to come back there. Sure, sure. That's why, um, you know, speaking specifically of worship, since you brought it up, um, I used to say, let's let's all join in worshiping God this morning and, you know, glorifying him, you know, and like all these like Christianese kind of terms that like, first off, what, what does that mean um, to glorify and worship? And, you know, even Christians sometimes, if I, if you like pin them down like what does it mean you know they'll they'll start trying to make something up uh but uh you know now i just say welcome to calvary baptist church um you know i'm ron hudson and over the next 15 or 20 minutes we're going to sing some songs because we're really excited about being together this morning and we're going to sing some songs about god and so then we sing a song and then you know thank you you can be seated and then everybody sits down and then we have like some announcements and welcome with some instructions for our visitors or our first-time guests and then I get back up and I, I say, let's all stand up together. We're going to sing another song. Um, I don't like say, let's all, you know, rise and join together and lifting our voices to the glorious Savior. You know, I, I don't really do that. Like, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, we praise. You know, I don't, I don't do that because I feel like that would create an atmosphere where somebody who is completely unchurched and hasn't been to church in a long time. And this is their first Sunday in church because some, one of our members just prayed over them and worked so hard to get them to come and visit. And I want them to feel like this isn't too weird. And you know, like I want them to walk away saying that wasn't as weird as I thought it would be. I can see myself going back and I can see why you do this on a weekly basis because I felt something there I felt a connection and those things that that guy said during the message, they were true. I don't agree with them. I don't want to believe them maybe even, but there was, there was truth there and I couldn't deny that. Yeah, There's enough Um, weirdness in Christianity that if we can make some of the weirdness, not necessarily have to be there. um, Like getting up and singing these songs to someone that I don't necessarily believe in. And not saying a whole bunch of words I don't understand because the more jargon we use, the less it's going to make any sense to me. And the more I'm going to feel like an outsider, the better. Because there right. are weird things that Christianity and does. Um, the ancient so Romans, weird. Yeah, the ancient <laughs> Romans said that Christians thought Christians were um, cannibals. They thought they were incestuous. Um, and wow. they called them atheists because they did weird things. 
because wow. we ate the body and blood of Jesus. Oh, we, yeah, sure. We called each other brother and sister, and we got married to each other. We were atheists because we'll just leave we that did there. not believe <laughs> in all of the pantheon of, of Roman gods. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And so, yeah, Christianity has weird stuff. So maybe if I think, we don't do things that <laughs> uh, maybe if we can mitigate some of our own weirdness, then they can just, and we can be honest about the real weirdness, then that'll be okay. I think there's a, a total disconnect between seeing the weirdness. And for me, it's, it's less so being a missionary kid. I have seen Christianity expressed through Japanese faith, mm. through Filipino faith, through, um, you know, African-American faith in America, um, just through different cultural faith. Uh, Spanish, Portuguese, like um, different cultures expressing the same beliefs towards God in extremely different contexts. Like you would go to a Japanese church and be like, they're Baptist? This does not feel Baptist. This is so weird because it's very solemn. It's very quiet. It's very, uh, you know, slow. And it's just, their, that's their way of showing reverence. That's their way of connecting. That's their way of connecting with something very old, very true, very powerful and showing reverence in that. And that very much connects with the Japanese heart. Whereas, you know, you go to a black church and they're shouting and like everybody's talking at the same time. And it's like, um, you know, it's like, it's a party. Um, and then you, you know, but it might last three, four hours. And then you go to like my church and it's, you know, people hug you and you're welcome and it's get a cup of coffee and, you know, we're going to end an hour and 15 minutes, you know, we're going to hit that mark and we got the timer going. It's just, these things are all cultural constructs. They're not things that are hard in scripture that you have to sing three songs and you have to say these words and you have to pray at this moment with a specific liturgy. These things are denominational things, um, and there's nothing wrong with liturgy. There's nothing wrong with those things, but we need to understand they're not like to throw out something and say let's switch this up because it's weird is okay, and it's it's a it's good to honor God and to build our build our services in a way that that are welcoming and don't freak out people. And there's even a passage of scripture that talks about that, where they were speaking, talking about speaking in tongues. And he said, if people come in and they see how you do church, Paul basically said this, I'm paraphrasing. It's in like uh, Corinthians. You can look it up. Then they will think you're mad. <laughs> they will think you're crazy. And what does that say about God? And they're not going to want to connect with who God is. Um, yeah. And so, so, so yeah. I'm not saying to get rid of all of the things. All I'm saying is, um, let's have an eye to understand what is weird. Um, what what are the things that we do that make people immediately feel like I don't belong? And then find ways to welcome um, people. That's what we really want. We want to be a welcoming community. If you don't feel like you belong, then part of what I want to do is do my very best, my level best to say, you are welcome here. And that this can be a place mm -hmm. where you might figure out how to belong. Um, part of that means explaining why we do the things we do. Um, part of that means inviting people to participate and stay, instead of saying, you have to do this now. Um, and if you don't do this, you're outside. You're an outsider and you don't belong. Um, when we use jargon, do our best to, to explain what it means and where it's coming from. Um, just doing those things and looking at the way we, be, we uh, order our services and order our messages uh, um, to say, you're welcome here, and we're glad you're here. 
So that's part of it. Yeah. That's, um, that's re and that's so hard, but it's, it's okay. Everything we're going to do, we're going to do it and say it in a way that we assume there's a bunch of new people here. Yeah. And having that in my mind, when I take up the offering, when I introduce a song, I'm assuming there's a bunch of new people who've never been to church oh, yeah. here. And that just changes the way I talk about because it. Because I am a uh, campus minister, I spend a lot of time going to lots of different churches, <clears throat> making connections. And mm-hmm. uh, every every time that communion is done in a church, I feel automatically like an outsider because rarely does anyone actually explain what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. They might give an idea about why we do communion, but they don't give the practice of how we do communion <laughs> ever. Yeah. And so no instructions. I spend, it's just assumed everybody does uh, yeah. this. I spend like the first five minutes of communion watching exactly what everyone else does. So I know, do I walk up to the place and get it, get the elements from there? Do, um, do I pass the tray? Do I hold on to the tray? Do I keep the cup? And so I can drink it and pass the oh, yeah. tray along. And it's do the most, the it's the most the solemn back? moment, the most solemn moment of the whole service. And you know, if you screw it up, oh, like yeah. everybody's going to judge the heck Absolutely. out of you. Like you are going to be and like so, this small. <gasps> did you see what he did during communion? I, I, I cannot believe I'm a minister <laughs> and I go to churches all over the place and I feel like an outsider. I felt the same way as an MK going to churches. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, Oh my gosh, they got this giant loaf of bread. Like, do I tear off a big piece, a little piece? Like, And so it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that that makes people who aren't ministers and aren't involved in Christianity just feel like, I don't belong here. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Team Podcast, the podcast specifically for the teams of Calvary Baptist Church and Moorhead Christian Student Fellowship. We hope you learned something today. I'm super excited to pick up next time with our conversation about how we can make outsiders feel more welcome in our church. You can find out everything that Seth is doing at, at Seth underscore Frank on Twitter. He is also on Facebook at Seth.h.frank or the Moorhead Christian Student Fellowship website, which is mcsf.is. You can find all the stuff I'm doing, Ron Hudson, at pastorhudson.com, and our church website is yourcbcfamily.org. And I love you guys. Thank you for serving. <laughs>